All right, all right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Council Podcast. You got us here in the studio today. We keep moving the night around a little bit. One day we'll have a, an actual spot for him. Yeah, one day we'll have a King's Council sign too. It's, yes, it's shipping. This, we, I think we've said this that this this set is a it's a work in progress. It is. Yes. yes. And if you're not watching, look us up. We're on YouTube. We're now on Rumble. Yeah. Let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> uh, what's up, everybody? We're going to have an epic show for you today, really because um, Christian and I, we were talking about uh, what it takes. Well, first off, what's been kind of even on my heart, even talking with Caleb Spittler about this, um, about church planting and things, mm-hmm. um, and then ultimately, like, what are the qualifications of an overseer, right? right? And the Bible gives us a pretty clear definition, explanation, or the characteristics, the traits that are really required mm-hmm. to be an overseer within the church at, at the core, right? right? But then also the, the conversation was really just like, why wouldn't, why wouldn't we hire, if we're running our businesses and our companies, why wouldn't we hire? Heck, even if you're looking for a, a partner in anything, why wouldn't you look for these characteristics or these qualifications in right. any of them? you're going to engage in business, right? Yeah, the checklist is laid out in front of us in 1 Timothy chapter 3. There's and it's se- kind of exhaustive. It is. <laughs> but it's great. It is. So the first <laughs> seven verses actually um, go through the 17 qualifications of an overseer. It says, it, your translation may say bishop, but it's overseer, essentially a church leader. That, that's what it comes down to. So 17 qualifications of a church leader. And again, if you're running a Christian business, why would you not want your management team as you build out a leadership team? Why would you not want to use right. the same checklist for for your leadership? Even team? if you're not a Christian business owner, these are right. still epic traits to. Oh yeah, on right, right, yeah. Anybody, because <laughs> even if you're not a believer, you're you're a scumbag, non-believer. Right. I still want to hire the guys that are <laughs> exactly. uh, are of good uh, moral character. Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of funny, but I mean, it's so fitting though because we look at the Bible as. Some people look at it as like just this old storybook, and uh, we like to look at it for uh, instruction and correction. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, with running our companies, running our businesses, the, we talk about this with creation. Like, hey, if the Bible gives us a blueprint to create, why wouldn't we create the way that the original Creator created? Right. Therefore, why wouldn't we hire and build our business based upon uh, the the instruction or the characteristics that are, are going to build upon well. Sure. Right? You want to dive, dive into these? Yeah. Yeah, that's good after. I don't know. We don't need to necessarily read the entire verse. First Timothy 3, verse 2, is that where it's at, or is it 1? Uh, well, the, the the list probably starts in verse 2. Okay. Um, but we'll just go through them rather than actually reading it yeah. verse by verse. Sounds so good. number 1, it says, and a lot of these qualifications are, are listed in Titus as well. And um, one thing that's interesting, I started my um, my ministry journey. The first uh, ordination for me was as deacon, and you know Acts chapter seven has the. Like, hold on, tell everybody your nickname in high school as well as another D name. <laughs> it has nothing to do with. I don't know. I just it reminded me. You said deacon, and then I was like, reminds me of Dwight. <laughs> right. So, okay. So let's change it up a little bit. That's why these podcasts, we got to cut them into two parters because we go down these rabbit holes. Listen to this, everybody. I went to a predominantly black high school, um, St. Benedict's Prep in Newark, New Jersey. I transferred there my junior year for basketball. 
they were a basketball powerhouse. They were a powerhouse at all sports, and they pretty much still are. And uh, there weren't too many white kids in the school, and they weren't any but me on the on the basketball team. So <laughs> I earned the nickname Dwight. And you might be thinking, Dwight, what, where does that come from? Well, I was Dwight Kid. Dwight Kid. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. So back to Dwight Kid got ordained as deacon. Yes. Um, uh, about a year into my walk with the Lord, uh, church I started serving at um, ordained me as deacon. And do you think you were ready at that time, or was that because according to this, it's like you shouldn't be a new believer. I don't well, know if one year enough. Well, no. deacon is a little bit different. Um, so deacon has a little bit different qualifications. Uh, one of them is probably most important. That's not even on this list. Is it says that I have to be full of wisdom and the Spirit. So it's probably pretty much assumed, though, for this list right. here for overseer of the church that you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You're going to be a, a true believer, right? Um, but yeah, I would say because deacon uh, literally means to serve. Yeah. So um, I serve in whether it be you know setting up chairs, um, you know teaching a Bible study, whatever it is. It's just sure, sure. serving. So yep. I would say I was ready for that, but I probably wouldn't be ready to have uh, an a title or office, whatever you want to call it, or a position within the church that was more of an overseer than that, because it says right here in this qualifications that you shouldn't be a new believer. Yeah. And we'll get to that. I'm curious. We didn't even talk about this, but you'd mentioned that this is, a lot of these are in Titus as well, which Paul also wrote Titus, right. correct? Um, what was, I don't really remember the context of that letter versus in in first timothy here do you, is, do you know off the top of your head putting you kind of on the spot um well as kind of timothy it's for overseers i will pull up i had the list in front of me but i will actually pull up titus and if it takes too long that says uh first titus uh chapter one six verses six to nine says if anyone is above reproach the husband of one wife and his children are believers are not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination for an overseer as God's steward must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or goes basically onto the same list that we're reading now. Right. I'm just, I was just curious, like the context of who he's writing that to specifically. Right. And it's Titus one, correct? Titus one. Yeah. Six through nine. Okay. Six. We can look. We can look it up. As you're looking up, I'll go through some of this yeah. list here. Oh, talk so, about an elder in the church, which ah. you know, pretty okay. much the the same thing. Yep, elder, overseer, um, bishop, and elder are really the the two offices that right. are are mentioned in these two books. But they could kind of all be sure, you know, shrunk down to overseer or church leader. Yeah, which is definitely different than what we would consider like the fivefold ministry um, that we were, I mean, we were talking about this earlier too. We want to do a podcast on this, mm -hmm. um, you know, you know, apostle, prophet, uh, evangelist, uh, a shepherd or a, a, what we would know as like a pastor today um, and a teacher. Like those are five significant different roles within the church. Right. Um, but that's separate than what we're even talking about here. Although I would think you would still want all of these characteristics in that any of those people as well. Right. Right? Yep. That'd be, so, we'll talk more about that. Yeah. So what you had just read from Titus, it said, I think, two times in the short tidbit that you just read, yep. above reproach. Yeah. So that's the first qualification 
that. What does that mean? It's essentially blameless. Mm-hmm. Nobody could bring a charge against you. Yep. You're above reproach, which that always reminds me of Daniel, where, mm-hmm. you know, they had to literally invent a law. They tricked the king into making a law right. that if you prayed to any god aside from the king, yep. you know, they, they kind of used his ego against them to create this law. And he's like, sure, you could go ahead and make that law. Nobody could pray to anybody but me. Right. Go ahead. Right. And no one full well that Daniel would break that law because he made it a habit to, it was his custom to pray yeah. three times a day. So, and they knew, they knew he was so blameless and he knew he was so devoted to God that he was still going to, no matter what the, the law of the land said, and that could bring up another conversation about, you know, government's rules versus what God commands us. Right. Right. Oh yeah. That's I mean, a, yeah. he did, he decided to break the law of the land and he was willing to accept the punishment for it, but he prayed to, to the God three times a day. So, and it said that he was blameless. He was beyond reproach. He, he was, as far as man could see, you're walking in perfection. Nobody could bring right. a charge against you. Right. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That is a whole other topic. We'll just put that down too. Right. Like yeah. Put it on the spreadsheet. Authority. Jace, <laughs> put it on the spreadsheet. <laughs> All right. Um, number two, husband of one wife i.e. faithful to his wife. Right. Right. So this is pretty clear. When I first read this, I was like, okay, well, I'm a divorcee. I'm technically on my second marriage. Does that disqualify me? Do you really pronounce it divorcee? <laughs> is, is that the way that word said? I, how else do you? Divorcee? Divorcee. Divorcee. I don't know. When you you say, always got to call me on my... When you say divorcee, I'm not sure who, what, what you're married to Which there. way I went? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Dude, you're so critical of my words. No. My enunciation. Uh, or pronunciation. Well, beloved is one that <laughs> I, I was, I'm, I'm very passionate about the word beloved uh, yeah it just sounds better this was a couple podcasts back where you said beloved. Oh, i remember <laughs> i remember and i don't think there's anything wrong with saying beloved but beloved just sounds more poetic mm. right yeah well so does the divorcee <laughs> that's true that's true <laughs> all right back to this uh, oh because this is it was a real when i was like well snap i've been divorced can i still be an overseer because I'm now I'm I'm remarried, but I'm still only married to one wife. Yeah, multiple. I, I believe so. And also, you know, think about it. If somebody was a non-believer and had 18 wives before they came to Christ, all that is like forgiven, right? It's right. like, oh, it's my BC days. Uh, right. Don't worry about it. You're starting from scratch. Right. Well, for you, yes, you had given your life over to Christ, but you recommitted after you were already divorced right. from your first wife and recommitted in the sense where you really started walking out your Christian life the way you probably should have when you first said yes to the Lord. And, um, you know, if you were saved for from, what was the age of 16, 16, right? Yep. If you really were saved and just weren't walking that out, then, you know. Yeah, like, which is a whole other topic. Right. Jace, put it on the spreadsheet. Put it on the spreadsheet. <laughs> uh, but um, I would say, yes, you would still qualify to be an overseer of a church. Yeah, I kind of leaned that way, but just putting you on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, temperate. Temperate, which essentially means 
what? Temperate is kind of like the next one of self-control to, right. to have control over your emotions to be. Yeah. Um, Wouldn't it doesn't it say like sober minded in some versions? Yeah. Like which because sober minded, I immediately think of like, well, you're not like drunk or high or something like that. But that's not necessarily it's more of like you're clear headed, clear headed, clear headed. Correct. Right. Yeah. So you're temperate. Right. Yep. And then you're self-controlled. Right. Which is a big one because I, I can't stand when. You know, Christians are like, well, everybody knows I got a temper. Well, wait a second. That doesn't jive with kind of the this whole thing we call Christianity and the fruits of the spirit and <laughs> right. stuff like that. Right. You know? Yep. That's how God made me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't think so. Right. Right? Yeah. You may you may have uh weaknesses towards certain things, right? Like mm-hmm. even self controlled could be eating, right? Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, over overindulging. It could be, you know, drinking yeah right there's a, there's a lot that goes with self-control it could be looking at things you're not supposed to look at right right having that discipline yeah self-control it is that something because we really need the spirit's help to be self-controlled to have control over our flesh we need the spirit's help right so i mean i had no self-control in anything i did really right before i came to christ and it's not like all of a sudden we just attain that discipline no it's the spirit at work within us that's giving a that's allowing us to be disciplined over our flesh. Yeah, yeah, that's so good because that was me even with with alcohol, and I kind of joke about it now, but it wasn't really a joking matter. It was like my, I always thought of it like when I was going to drink alcohol, it was like, well, I'm doing it for one reason, it's to get buzzed, mm-hmm. right? And then it's like, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it really well, right? Right? And it's like <laughs> that's not self control in any way, so. right? And even that brings up a good point because I mean we we kind of get into that later later on when it comes to uh, drinking. Yep. But being in self self control, so self control means really the spirit is in control. That way we can have control over our flesh. Yeah. Um, but if we were to drink to a capacity where we lose our inhibitions, right? Yep. Then that's where it gets dangerous, and right. we just really provide a, a gateway for the enemy to come into our lives if like for me i could uh you know my thing was never drinking right it was painkillers and, and sure. other things but right now if i had a drink or two i have i have no problem i, I can do that but i would be afraid almost to like get drunk and lose self lose control because it's like well, what if I'm not even aware of what I'm doing? And then I go freaking get my hands on something that would trigger like a relapse, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So it's important to. Um, I'm looking. To- yeah, this is good because I'm even just like overall looking at this list sober minded, self controlled, respectable, hospital, able to teach. Because I can think on the other end of the spectrum too. I'm, I'm even just going to go into Titus 1 8 as kind of a comparable thing. It says, be a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. Because I know people that are controlling, mm. right? Which certainly wouldn't be. There's there's a difference between being self-controlled, which right. is more of like having discipline in your life, yep. than one that's controlling. Because a person, person, especially in that leadership role, because once again we're talking about the overseers of the, the church, right? Right. Or thinking of overseeing your business management positions being controlling isn't a good characteristic or trait no right so it's let's differentiate the two 
when it comes to that. Yeah. Being controlling is probably because you're narcissistic and have a big ego, yes. that yep. sort of thing. Yep. Which I, I think that's why it goes great to the next one. It's like respectable, mm-hmm. right? Uh, inhospitable because those that are controlling are not. Right. Are neither of those really. Right. And what you could, we could spend so much time on any of these and understand why it's so important. What's amazing to me is how many there are. And so many. I would love for every church to just go through a process right now of their entire leadership team. Because a lot of times... You just uh, do a survey. Do an right. anonymous survey of each person and right. rate them on these 17 yeah. characteristics. Because usually uh, a bigger church, when they need youth pastors and you know church leaders... Now, I don't know if you want to say the person teaching fifth graders is a church leader, but when it comes to the the leaders and maybe the elder board, whatever a particular church has... They, I mean, they should go through this and, and kind of keep an eye on all the leaders right. to make sure that they're walking in all of these. Because yeah. I, I feel like we're in a time and place in our world history and in our current American culture where it's like somebody will look at this and be like, oh, well, they they check off a couple of these. We're good. Right. Yeah, we're good. totally. But if one of these is not fulfilled, they should be disqualified. Yeah. There's a reason why every one of them is a qualification. Yeah. If you lack one, you're not qualified. Yeah, that's so good. And it, it's not that, that you're disqualified forever, but this would be like something to, if, if you're committing to this life and this is, you feel the call of God on your life. Right. First off, it, let's even go back to, in, in James chapter 3, verse 1, it says, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that uh, we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Like that, that verse scared me you know since we're doing yeah. what we're doing we have been doing this for a couple of years now when i've read that i was like ah like how how much more like intentional do we have to make sure yeah. that we're we're actually relaying what we believe and know to be the right. truth right, right. that's scary because i mean yeah. but all but also all the false teachings that are out there too it's like dang yeah dang because of that James verse, whenever I hear somebody be quick to say, yeah, I want to start a church. I want to start a church. I want to start a church. I'm like, mm, okay, right. you sure? And that's different, I would say, even then, like you're talking about Caleb Spittler planting a church. Because mm-hmm. in planting a church, if you're, you know, gifted and anointed to to plant churches, you you plant it, you know, you your boots on the ground, you get your hands dirty, and yep. you're not necessarily the one that even stays there. Right. You get that thing going, and you might move on to the next church right. plant. So, but somebody who wants to just start a church on their own, most times it's because they like being on stage, they like the attention. Totally, yes, it, it's, it's totally shameful, really, dude. Especially here in in America, right? right? They're doing it for they don't check off many of these characteristics at right. all, right? 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 So, and able to teach, I love that because as an overseer of the church, there's even big churches right now who have unbelievable pastors and speakers and communicators but they don't actually teach the word of god and when they do they don't teach it well and i mean like spiritual gift of teaching that's a thing in and of itself that's a spiritual gifting so if if and there's a difference not to cut you off but there's a difference between uh teaching and you know one of the things that Scott Thomas and I always talk on or coach on when we, we teach people how to do seminars. It's like, speak to express, not to impress, mm. right? And it's like, you want to express, get the point across and yeah. let them 
you know, noodle it, mull it over, right. digest it, as we talked about a, a few weeks ago. Uh, like that's a teaching, not to impress them with, yeah, you know, the next fog machine or whatever right. else, or even about how much biblical knowledge you you have. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And those usually aren't the guys at these mega churches. Those would be the one-on-one -on -one conversations you have with somebody, mm. and they're just rattling off all the stuff using big words like hermeneutics and stuff like that, I don't and that. eschatology, and <laughs> and you're oh, like, you're a cosmetologist. <laughs> and you're like, huh? And and at the end of it. It's like, does this guy actually know Jesus or does he just like know the Bible really well? Right. He, he went to seminary, you know, he got straight A's clearly. But yeah. does this guy Which know is the Lord? so good you even say that because there's so many people out there that are know, know the Bible, but they, I forget, I think we were talking about this a while ago. It's like there's knowledge, but there's not understanding, mm -hmm. right? Which then certainly there's not wisdom at all right. in that. But there, there's such knowledge there people that uh well bible study this morning uh we're going through if first off shout out to bible study it's free get on free bible study every yeah. wednesday morning uh king's council bible study.com will get you registered yeah. um but we're, we're going through an apologetics course and mm -hmm. it was talking about this professor uh four weeks into this girl uh, going to college yeah was it UNC? unc chapel hill chapel hill four weeks in she left her home as a professed Christian, yep. four weeks in, she calls her dad and says, I'm an atheist. Yeah, because, because a, the New Testament class that she was taking was taught by a professor who was an atheist. Which is just an oxymoron. It's just crazy. Right. Yeah. So anyways, knowledge is not, I, I heard Myron Golden say this, like knowledge is the um, accumulation of truth. Mm. Uh, understanding is the assimilation of truth, and wisdom is the application of truth. I'm proud of you for getting that, man. If you had looked to me, it, I would have been like, "Uh, oh, we gotta cut this." Case. Like, please, please that's remember good. this. I'm, dude. I've been like noodling this for a few days because it's so good. Yeah, that's right. Because I just remember my science teacher had this sign over his door. It said, "Knowledge is power." And as a seventh grader, I remember looking at that and being like, "I don't think so." <laughs> like I don't like yes right. he's smart in science yeah. Dr. Heminger was smart in science but there wasn't power in his life yeah right and I like I I just didn't believe it I love that successful people like yourself have a story of like grammar school when they're like a teacher said this and I'm like mm, yeah bull crap oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's anyways so continuing through the list yeah um where were we at Respectable, hospitable. Do you want to critique how I say that? No, that okay. nailed it. Hospitable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, able to teach. We're, that's where we're at. Um, this is good. Holding firmly to Scripture so as to encourage others and refute false doctrine. Right. That was a good one. So, Titus 1.9. Knowing Scriptures, believing them, walking them out, really, you should be able to know that I know the Bible trust the Bible, believe the Bible by the way I live my life. Mm. There, there's so many verses, and I feel like every time I prep for a Bible study, I'm like, oh, my goodness, it's so applicable to us right now, and it's because the Bible is timeless, right? Right. If the Lord tarries and doesn't come back for another 1,000 years, another 10,000 years, which I don't think is the case, but right. if that is the case, the Bible will still be as timeless then as it is now, as yes. it was 2,000 years ago. Yes, Absolutely. 
Moving on, not given to drunkenness. We talked about this. Yep. Kind of on that, that self-control, but specifically they're you know talking about drunkenness here. Right. Uh, a gentleman not given to violence. Okay. Mm. Goes back to temper, anger, yeah. emotions, being able to control your emotions. Yeah. Not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome. This is the next one. Right. We're eager to start a fight. Right. Yeah, I definitely know people like that. Which, I mean, that, I think, comes back to pride and arrogance. Yeah. It's like they're trying to start something for a reason, right? Right. One of the things that I experience for the first time, and I think we all do as believers when we come to Christ, is a real peace, Mm -hmm. right? So if that peace of God can't rule and reign in our life, then we got to figure out what's what's missing. What am I doing wrong? Did, Did I really experience salvation? Was I really born again if I don't have this peace? Because remember, you know, the peace of God, that shalom, as the Hebrews called it in the Old Testament, it's different than what we know of peace today. Peace today is just really absence of conflict or turmoil, just the absence of it. Mm -hmm. But the word shalom was not just the absence of negative, but the addition of positive. Mm. So it, it was, it had, it brings us so much more meaning and so much more meat to, to that term peace when it's, okay, I could lay there on a desert island and just be totally, like, get rid of my thoughts. And uh, isn't that, that's what, like, Buddhism is, right? Just sure. kind of like, yeah. like being empty-minded kind of. Yeah. And, well, no, 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 that's not biblical peace. Biblical peace is you get rid of the negative and then you actually add a positive, and that positive is the, the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And it, it's funny, in the biblical days if two warring countries signed a peace treaty a shalom treaty they wouldn't just stop fighting that would be the absence of turmoil and conflict they would actually stop fighting and then start working together yeah that's good that is good yeah Mm. yeah i just think about like peace in my life is you mentioned like just silence and it's, it's great just to like spend some time with holy spirit but if i'm like sitting in silence for too long like that's yeah, that's no fun for me. Right. <laughs> yep. Uh, that's good. All right, cool. So not quarrelsome, eager to start a fight. Uh, not greedy or a lover of money. Mm-hmm. That's good. Pretty important because the church leader is probably going to be overseeing Ooh. some finances. Yes. Yes, very, very much so. And obviously that's a, a real thing, at least here in America, of course, of like people uh, promising uh, so into my green prayer cloth here mm-hmm. and and we'll get you whatever it is your your prayer need is yeah um i'm just looking through the rest of these not seeking after dishonest gain it's good mm-hmm. uh good manager of his own family whose children obey him that's big that's big that's big yes if you can't control your family if you can't lead your family there we well, go how are you going to lead the congregation yeah if you can't lead your family how are you going to lead a sales team how are you going to lead a group of employees? How are you going to lead anything if you can't lead your family? Yep. If you have kids, and I understand. Kids, hey, they're they're human as well. They're dirty, rotten, filthy little sinners like yep. the rest of us, right? Yep, yep. But at the same time, um, right now, Ezzy, we talk about it on the last podcast, I think. He's three years old, and he's testing us right now mm-hmm. as parents, Lucy and I. But guess what? We're going to teach him. Or really beat him into discipline, into, <laughs> into obedience. Right. Um, yes. No, in a loving way, you know, course, in a biblical way, of course. Um, but 
Yeah, that's, that's good, especially in in business too. I mean, this is something that we've we've discussed a fair amount and uh, just made it a kind of a a principle that we abide by. Like before we're uh, getting into business with somebody or even you know discussing things, we go spend time with them. Yeah, even even if, with the ministry that we have here now and like where we're we're sowing these funds that are coming in within the King's Council, where are we going to sow these? We're there's some a vetting out process that needs to happen, yeah. right? And and a lot of that is like, what's their home life mm-hmm. like, right? Yeah, it's not. It's, it, I'm glad you corrected. It's like control their family. No, it's like leading their right. family well, right? Yeah, and crappy kids probably have crappy parents for the most part. <laughs> yes, and parents who are I see a church, a young girl from the church, who's 16 years old, will come and watch Ezzy, right? Family is amazing. Mm-hmm. And her and her siblings, she's got foster siblings. There's like eight or nine of them total. They're all so well disciplined, but the parents are like the type, they represent Christ so well in everything that they do. And it it gets passed along. You may have a bad seed here and there. I get it. But for the most part, if you're a good parent and raise your kids in moral uprightness and, and, you know, just morality in, in the ways of the Lord, chances are they're going to do all right. And I'm not just talking about in the ways of the Lord by dragging them to church, by, you know, forcing them to pray 12 times a day, by all that. But if you are just of good moral character, your kids are going to see that and probably follow in those footsteps. Yep, yep, absolutely. Leading by example. Right. That's good. Uh, 15 ones, which we mentioned, not a new believer. Right. right? Obviously, there's that. there Because there is, and this I think happens too, even within the, we're just kind of saying the church as a whole, but um, where oftentimes if it is more about the platform or, or even if it's just like more, okay, this church is, is more uh, evangelistic leans heavier that way than actual discipleship. Mm. Right. It's like, you've seen it where they'll, they'll maybe platform a gifted speaker or a, somebody that's gifted in, in a certain area because they're popular. Right. Right. But they're maybe a brand new believer and there's, there's no fruit yeah. in their life. Well, we watched that Carl Lentz documentary. Oh, yeah. Right. And they said they kind of groomed him. I mean, unbelievable communicator and yeah, so charismatic. Dynamic, yep. Yeah. And I mean, teaching was pretty good too. And, but he said like, they kind of saw, I was and they groomed me to be like that guy mm-hmm. at a young age and he said he wasn't ready for it yeah yeah i mean which you think we could say obviously we we watched probably one side of the story right um but like that that's just where discipleship and and accountability and correctability are just so important yeah in a, in a believer's life yeah the bible equates new believers as to drinking milk right they're babes yeah, yeah. They're drinking milk, and as you get discipled, as you grow, then you start to eat whole food, solid food, and you grow. So if you're still a babe drinking milk, you should not be an overseer of a church. Right. Yep, that's good. Very good. Uh, Having a good reputation with outsiders. What do you you think that means, outsiders? I think just anybody who's looking at your life. I think it means anybody. Yeah. Um, Anybody from an outside perspective. Of, do you think it's outsiders of, like, to non-believers? Like having a, so I just pulled it up. This is ESV. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's 
We'll have to do a dive deep, diver deep. Could be diver deep into that <laughs> deeper dive. But then it then it goes on. It says so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. Mm, that's ESV. Yeah. Interesting. Let me pull that up in another translation. Yeah. Have Guys, you- it, if you don't know what something means in one translation, pull up others. I'm a fan of the New King James Version. That's my Bible. I have a great study Bible. That's King James Version. I but, read that, and it's like Chinese to me. Right. <laughs> right. You read King James, you start saying words like beloved and right. stuff like that. I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's why he's... <laughs> um, but then, you know, there's easier translations that, you know, don't think that you're less than if you're, you know, because you're right. reading the NLT version or the NIV or ESV. Those are three good ones to, to get a different perspective. Yeah, I was told that when I first became a believer at 16 i got the niv um which was great it was for me at the time and then um we've been i I tend to read out of the esv now um but i always like to look at you got me that study bible which is epic Mm -hmm. um that's new new king james so right i believe no the the big one the the big ash is we got ash one too right yeah yeah, Yeah, yeah. it's king james yeah that's what i meant yeah yeah. yes that's why it's like i only read like the study guide portion of it because this thou and that right got me tripping (laughs) (laughs) another translation that you know if you're a pastor i wouldn't uh preach out of this but the message translation yeah it's as layman's terms as that it could get and sometimes i mean the best thing to do is actually figure out what it says in the hebrew and greek right that's the best thing and um but if you don't have a study bible that will point out some of the key words in scripture and their original meaning in their original language. Uh, listen to pastors that do. Um, I've, I've been binging Skip Heitzig. Yeah. Uh, so good. You know, Calvary. Um, I, I don't know if he's still a part of Calvary Chapel. He was, I think his church now is just called Calvary Albuquerque or something. Yeah. Um, or Calvary Church Al- Albuquerque. But it's great because pretty much every one of his messages, he'll break down at least one time a word in the Greek or Hebrew and when you actually hear its original meaning it's like oh oh it's just mind-blowing yeah yeah but then for me I'm like I get overwhelmed almost I'm like oh my gosh what other words don't I know that I think I know right right Uh, a lot oh yeah I I was just sharing with somebody earlier today in Acts 16 I believe when Peter's in prison and the church was in a house praying on his behalf and some translations said that they made constant prayer, earnest prayer, fervent prayer, right? In different translations. Mm. It's like, okay, well, what does this actually mean? Right. The Greek word there is ektenios, and it's a Greek word. It's a medical word that actually means to pull or stretch a tendon all the way to the point where it snaps. Wow. So you could say, yeah, I pray fervently. I constantly pray. I'm earnest in my prayer. But when you hear that, like, wait a second, that right. word actually means the polar stretch right up to the point it snaps. It's like, I don't know if I've ever prayed like that a day in my right. life. Yeah, yeah. If I'm real. Yeah. That's intense that's, praying. That is intense. But that's when, you know. Where is that at? That's Acts 16. Mm. Wow. I think it's 16. When Peter's in prison. Acts 16. Yeah. Regardless. Look it up. Yeah. Peter's in prison in Acts. 
Uh, and and the praying worked. I mean, the right the earth shook, the the jail shook. Angel came and uh, got Peter out of his shackles and escorted him right out of the prison. That's great. Yeah, that's good. The stretching of a tendon. Yep. Okay, you were looking up another version. Yes. Um, it did say outsiders of the church. It does say that. And I think it was NLT. I moved on mm-hmm. to the message. Uh, the message is funny because it'll say like verses one through seven because it really does kind of paraphrase. Yeah. Um, but yeah, from those outside the church, which interesting. Yeah, it's good. Well, think about this. We better look good to those outside the church, oh, even yeah. more so than those within the church, Absolutely. because we're witness. We are the witnesses. We are the salt. We are the light. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 great. All right, one more. A lover of good who acts in a way that is upright, holy, and disciplined. That's Titus 1.8. Right. Which is kind of uh, encompassing a lot of the other things. You know, hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, right. and disciplined. Just holy. I mean, holiness is kind of overlooked now today. Yeah. Most right. people don't even know, like, what that even means. Right. Right? It's like we're to be holy as he is holy. Right. Right? It's like, okay, what does that mean? He's set apart. He's unique. He's different in in, in an anointed way. And I, the clearest definition I've ever heard of holiness is as Christ-like as a human being could possibly be, mm-hmm. period. Above reproach. Above reproach. Yeah. Yeah. That, good. that in itself. I mean, how many people are holy when they walk in the church and then... Yeah, and I'm talking about church staff, church leaders too. Um, and as soon as they leave, they're not so holy anymore. Right. And th- there's yeah. been times, and I think the enemy has a lot to do with this. I remember, so a, a couple that helped, well, uh, Pastor Ty, who you know, mm-hmm. who helped disciple me. Well, he and his wife, they poured into Lucy and I a lot when I first got saved. And <laughs> they had four little ones when I started going to that church, four young kids. And they would come into church like they just got out of the biggest argument ever. And it's because they did. <laughs> like they were always arguing it's on the frazzled. way to church. <laughs> right. And um, I, <laughs> there's Lucy and I, every time, you know, we do a marriage event, every time I'm supposed to speak somewhere and like I've been, I've been fasting, I've been praying. And then it's like the day of. In my mind, she picks that day to have an attitude for me with me for no reason at all. (laughs) Of course, that's usually not exactly how it goes. But the enemy, and he just figures out how to interrupt us when we're going to be serving him. Oh, yeah. I I know that feeling for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And Um, discipline, so important to be disciplined over every aspect of your life, discipline in your your prayer time, in your devotion to your wife, mm-hmm. uh, to your kids, uh, discipline over your health, uh, you know, take care of the, the vessel, the earthly vessel that God has given us and has decided to take up residency in. Um, be disciplined in all that you do. Yeah. Which I think, like, if I was going to, I'm just trying to think of, like, what is this, all of these things, if I could boil it down into one word i don't even know if it's possible but i think a big one would be humility Mm. like if you're a 
blameless, right? It's, you know, Jesus is, is Lord. Um, if you're respectable, if you're hospitable, if you're holy firmly, holy firmly to Scripture, right? Like, do you, you've got to have humility in your life. Yeah. Um, well, I know for certain if you're not humble, if you lack in any of these areas, you'll never right. be corrected in it right. if you're not humble. Yeah. Willing to right. be corrected. Yeah, for sure. That's good. Man, so this is, these again, guys, these, these are the qualifications slash characteristics of uh, what the Bible gives us as uh, an overseer within the church. But mm-hmm. as we talked about, it's like this, these are incredible characteristics that we should just seek out yeah. in our, as leading our businesses, hiring yep. the proper roles, the, the managers, um, but even just like partners in business, partners in life. Yeah. Right. And I would say based on our own personal experience in, in business, like outside of King's Council and stuff that we're doing inside King's Council, outside King's Council, that if you if you're going to get into business with somebody if you're going to partner with somebody if you're going to get into ministry if you're going to have some real partnership go through this list Mm -hmm. and don't say well you know three quarters of the list knocks out of the park it's good enough yeah really (laughs) investigate if they are somebody's like well you know they seem holy they you know give me a prophetic word they're they're always you know, they say they're always praying and fasting, but they have zero self-control, zero discipline. They're short-tempered and all that. Maybe dive into those things a little bit. Maybe yeah. date that person a little more to see if those things are, are really an issue and can be corrected. Or if it's like, if they're not, if they're just a glaring issue in that person's life, it's like, all right, probably shouldn't mess with this one. Right. Yeah, or at least build, have a relationship enough where you can uh, speak into their life, right? Yeah. And it because some people just might not know. Right, yeah. especially if it's a new believer. Yeah, like these are new things where they're like, I didn't even know that. Yeah, you don't necessarily have to run or flee right off the bat. You can stay in that person's life, speak life, be yeah. uh, uh, some sort of accountability partner if they're willing, or um, even a mentor in that person's life. Yeah, yeah, if exactly. that's what God's calling you to do. Um, but good. God's got to call you to do it, and that person's got to receive it. It's good. I love it, and I'm gonna just uh, let's end this with this that. I just want everybody to know that I didn't call out Christian on the clothes he's wearing today um, like he did uh, when I came in wearing shorts and a, just a T-shirt. Well, that was the first time we're in the studio. Okay. Well, you'd think Dude, you'd learn because this Daisy is like Dukes. the eighth time that we've been in the studio. It's chilly in the studio, <laughs> and we're recording all sorts of content, <laughs> and I had a collar shirt on just like that, and I changed uh-huh, for a different uh-huh, shot. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then he put his, his good hood, hoodie on for you guys listening to this podcast <laughs> right now. <laughs> King's Council. Discover, develop, deploy. Kingscouncilshop.com. Go there. Um, Jace, we got any codes active right now? No. I don't have time for you to go look in your phone, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, they don't need codes. Know that every dollar that is going to that is going into the nonprofit, uh, which, again, we're we are funding some epic, epic things that we're going to share more with you guys here in the very near future. So, or if you just want free swag, you can join the community at joinkingscouncil.com in either our discover, develop, or deploy phase. You just fill out a little application there, and we'll determine uh, which program that would be best for you. Yep. In the meantime, uh, hop on Wednesday morning Bible study. We're, we're there every Wednesday morning, prayer at 730 Central, uh, or just hop on for Bible study at 8 o'clock Central, kingscouncilbiblestudy.com. Yeah. Anything else? No, the link will be in the show notes. Yes, sir. Show up. I want right to see you. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Love you. Peace.